0: what is up everybody welcome back to the in situ health and fitness podcast on this show we give you all the habits strategies and information you need to live a long and healthy life on today's show we're going to cover the hardest thing about health and fitness what is it stay tuned we'll get right into the show welcome back everybody to another friday show excited for this show We've got a great topic to get into, but before we do that, it's Mac's birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, Mac. Yay! How old do you want to be?
1: 25.
0: You want to be 25? Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) Uh, So everybody listening, make sure you head over to Mac's Instagram page. It is...
1: Mac underscore in situ. And
0: just comment on her latest post and say happy birthday, or just slide into her DMs and just give her a happy birthday. Let's her know that you're listening and that you care.
1: That's nice. Mm.
0: Also, before we get into the first topic, YouTube. We are on YouTube. So if you're enjoying these podcasts, but sometimes you see the headings and you're like, I'd just like to listen to that little snippet instead of the whole episode, I have been breaking them up and putting them on YouTube. So each topic is an individual video. You can listen or watch or both. So if you haven't already, go over, make sure you hit subscribe as well. And if you do watch one of the videos and you do like it, just give us a thumbs up as well. Just lets me know that you're enjoying it and I'll keep making them better and better and better and you'll keep enjoying them more and more and more. <laughs> All right. If I was to ask you, what is the hardest thing about health and fitness in general? What's the hardest thing to do? What's the hardest thing about it? Every Like you, Mac, and everybody home at home listening along, what would your answer be? <laughs>
1: 100% consistency, mm. being consistent, day uh, in, day out.
0: Consistency is the hardest thing. And I wanted to bring this up because we actually got to meet one of my online clients in person. We've been traveling, but as we said in the last episode, we're moving from Ulladulla to Melbourne on, on that travel. We got to meet one of our clients, which was pretty cool. It was. Um, so it was great meeting her and she just brought up a topic that I thought... It's, it's one thing that everybody struggles with, and it is the hardest thing that ever th- with health and fitness. Yeah. And it is consistency, like you said. So um, just quick little stats there for you, just to break it down even more. Uh, so these, this isn't exact stats, but I'm just going to make it a little bit easier just to understand. But if 100 people signed up to a fitness challenge mm-hmm. and it lasted six weeks, by the end, 40 people are going to be left. So that's 60% drop-off rate. Yep. In one year, there's only going to be 20 people left exercising out of that 100. Wow. So 80% success rate over 12 months. So consistency obviously is harder. And then it gets even worse for diets. I think it was like four people out of the 100.
1: Stick to a diet. Stick to a diet. Yeah, that's why I hate, like, the label diet.
0: Yeah, same. And I did want to bring that up as well. Let's start with that. Okay. Diets.
1: Diets. They're just, like, the word diet literally means your way of eating, right? Mm. So it can be anything you want it to be. It doesn't have to be, like, paleo or vegan or whatever else there is. It just means the way that you choose to eat. Mm. You know what I mean? So I... I don't know. I think the reason that people can't stick to a diet is because they adopt somebody else's way of eating and it's foreign and it's uncomfortable and it's hard and it it doesn't feel right because it's not theirs. Like our way of eating healthy might be very different to the next person's way of eating healthy, which took me also a very long time to learn with clients. Mm. Like in the very beginning, I would sort of encourage clients to just eat a diet similar to ours. Where now I know that that's not suitable for everybody and there's millions of different diets, quote-unquote diets, that someone can have. Like it just depends on like schedule, food preferences, timing, availability, like so many things. And I think that if everyone just dropped the idea that diet has to be a certain set menu that has a label... There would be so much more adherence because it's a lot easier and it's more sustainable and more enjoyable, actually. Yeah,
0: it just sucks because the fitness industry sort of took diets, fad diets, I'm going to call them, and realised they could make a shitload of money out of them. So that's how they got so popular, like like you said, paleo, carnivore, all, like, every single diet that you can think of got popularised because somebody could make money off it.
1: Yeah.
0: And... And look, so yes, these diets, all these diets work, but not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what is saying. Like everybody is so different. But if you try and force yourself into one of these molds, and do something that you is hard, and you can't be consistent at, then of course you're going to fail. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so with exercise, and it, like fad diets are the same as exercise routines. Like how many fad exercise routines come and go?
1: True, yeah. Like
0: there's so many. Some are still around, obviously. Um, but if you're trying to fit the mold of, like, if you want to look like the world's top level athlete in whatever sport, and you're like, well, I'm going to do that sport to look like that person, that's not how it works. And a lot of people get caught up in that. And again, a lot of people have made money off that. People look a certain way and they're like, well, do this workout routine and you'll look the way I do. And it doesn't work like that. Mm. Everybody's different. Everybody likes different exercises. Everybody has different bodies. So you have to work around injuries, movement patterns, how your body is made up and all that sort of stuff. And again, if you force yourself into these certain molds, of course, you're not going to be consistent.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So let's talk about like what consistency is because but what do you, what do you consider consistency
1: i would consider consistent consistently something that you do on a regular basis mm. so not necessarily daily it could be a certain amount of times a week but for a long period of time so it's it's like a part of your life it's a part of your daily routine you probably don't have to think about doing it as much because you do it so consistently consistently it's just there. So for us or for me, I think when I feel like I've failed at being consistent is when I've skipped probably two plus days of doing something. So in my mind it's without doing something without skipping more than two days, I would consider being consistent. Mm.
0: Yeah. Again, Different for everybody yeah, like
1: all of the things we've just spoken about.
0: Exactly, and I was just about to bring that up like yeah, for us, skipping two days, like having two days off the gym or something like that, it feels like we're not being consistent anymore. But somebody just starting out once a week, and this is where consistency sort of breaks down because it's boring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it can get very boring because if I say to you, go and work out once a week, you're going to be like, well, I'm not going to get results. But if you do that over 12 months, you're doing a lot of workouts. Yeah. Compared it to is, doing none. Yeah, compared to doing like what, 52 weeks in a year. So 52 workouts over the year where if you just go and smash yourself for one week and do five workouts in one week and then stop mm. for the next
1: 12 months, 11 months, A couple
0: of months, yeah, you it's not very consistent and you're not getting many workouts. So you're better off doing one a week and doing the 52 in a year mm. because then over five years that's going to be adding up as well. And over 10 years that's adding up. So you can see sometimes when it does feel boring and it can't diet as well like you might think oh just one healthy meal a day isn't going to get you anywhere but over the week over the month over the years it will get you somewhere and i think that's what a lot of people get mixed up of <clears throat> you need to be super consistent doing things every single day to get results where you don't need that
1: no, and sometimes when you try to add a million things in to one day, like when you're a beginner and you're trying to drink two liters of water, eat three healthy meals, go to the gym for an hour, walk for twenty minutes, sleep for eight hours, it's super hard to be consistent in any one area. Mm. So it's much, it's much like it's much more likely that you're going to succeed if you just pick one thing to be consistent with, and do that one thing until it's boring, and once it's boring. Or you don't have to think about it. You know that the, like you're easily going to stay consistent with it for a longer period of time. Yeah. I also think a lo- the reason a lot of people fail at being consistent is because they rely on motivation to like, get them to the gym or yeah. to enable them to cook healthy meals or go for a walk in the morning or whatever it is. But we've spoken about many times before that motivation is unreliable because it's just an emotion. It's Mm. just like being happy or sad or excited. It goes away and it comes like sometimes it comes and it's super strong and you're like, yeah, this is great. I'm motivated. This is my time to start. Like this is my sign or this is the right day or the right month or whatever it is. And then you might have a crap night's sleep and you wake up in the morning and your motivation is completely gone. So then you lose your consistency because you were relying so heavily on being motivated. Mm. Like when we were speaking to our client that we met on the way down to Victoria, one thing that she said that stood out to both of us was people see her and comment on how great her physique is looking and they say, I wish that I could have the motivation or the discipline to exercise like you do and she said you like you don't understand how hard it is Mm. like how much effort I have to put into it and that's another thing people think that like exercising is always going to feel easy like to fit and healthy people people look at us and think that are we exercising every day or eating healthy every day is super easy for us but th- it's not. It's, <laughs> it's th- definitely not.
0: And this is sort of like you break it down even more. The workout itself is, like, once you get to the gym and you start working out, that's easy. It's actually getting the motivation or being consistent enough to get to the gym. Getting to the gym is the hardest part.
1: Yeah.
0: Or food prepping or making sure you buy, buy the right foods and not having the shit foods in your house. Eating healthy meal Like, that is the hard part. Getting... Bef- like
1: before you actually do the act,
0: eating the healthy meal is f- easy. Yeah, I love eating. It's <laughs> making it and making sure I've got the ingredients to make those healthy meals is the hardest part. Yeah, and um, like Le- like Leanne, sorry, I'm using your name Leanne, but um, Leanne said it's fucking hard. And these and this lady that said that to her, like, I wish I had your body, doesn't realise how hard it is. But it's being consistent is the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I figured we could just end this bit with how to actually be consistent without motivation because I think that is the biggest key. So being consistent and not relying on motivation. So do you want to go first?
1: <laughs> sure. I don't even know where to start. I think for me, what works the best is just having a solid routine. hmm so don't even think about motivation or think about going for the, to the gym for a second. Just think about how your day is going to play out and plan where you're going to go to the gym. It doesn't matter how you feel about going to the gym, just plan like lock in I'm going to the gym at 8:30 a.m. and lock it in like it's a meeting or something that you can't change. And it's so much easier to stick to that consistently because it's locked in, it's on your calendar. You might have your exercise gear and everything out already. You don't have to worry about being motivated. You're just going to go. And I also think, like you said, the hardest part is getting to the gym. I also think, like for us, driving to a physical gym is a lot easier for me to work out than, say, working out at home. Mm. Working out at home seems very trendy at the minute, but I think that that also adds to the consistency statistics because... You don't have many people around you and it's there's much less resist like there's much less distance between you deciding to work out and going into your shed to work out, say. Yeah. Whereas if you're like, okay, I'm just going to drive into town now and you just drive to the gym and you're already there and you're like, okay, I might as well work out. Whereas when it was when we were training in our shed, I was like, Oh man, it's just out there, you know, like it's so it's so easy and convenient but that almost makes it harder to stick to because you can change it so easily. So back to my original point, just like lock it in. Mm. Don't make it. It's not negotiable. This is when I do it. That's just how it is.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that, I was going to say that ex, that as well, but just make it as easy as possible. So mm. have a routine of like, literally, I wake up at six, six o'clock, I have my glass of water, I have a shower. By 6.30, I'm out the door for a walk. Yeah. If the walk's the easiest possible thing that you can do to add into the routine, again, even if it's every second day or you're just starting to walk once a day like set your routine for a monday my monday routine is i wake up at six by 6 30 i'm out the door for my walk every other day whatever but mondays that's where it starts and then you can build on that like like i said don't make it too hard people too many people make it too hard and too complicated and i'm gonna have my smoothie i've got to have all the ingredients there then i go for my walk then i come back i'd stretch and it's all these things added up into this one routine and i'm even stressing out trying to think about <laughs> trying to get that done so make it as simple as possible so you don't have to rely on routines
1: yeah uh, sorry on motivation motivation and one more thing to i think almost give yourself a false sense of motivation is keep track like a habit tracker mm. is so like habits are very overrated but i think a habit tracker at the minute is very underrated like Physically seeing the amount of days that you go to the gym can either give you motivation to keep going because you've been going for three weeks now, why would you stop? Or it can give you motivation to get back into it because you haven't crossed off on your habit tracker that you've been to the gym for the last 12 days and you're like, oh man, Mm. what am I doing? And it's sometimes just seeing it visually makes. Just gives you that like aha moment almost and it gives you a little bit of accountability. Like if you don't have someone to be there that is keeping you accountable, just writing it down and then you can physically see how much effort you're actually putting in.
0: Yeah, well, you can't improve what you don't track. Yeah. So by tracking your habits and you're tracking your motivation as well, you can improve on it. Yeah. So make sure you track it. What is up, everybody? Just jumping in real quick to see if you're enjoying today's episode. I'm sure you are, and I'm sure you're getting a lot of good, useful information out of today's episode. So Mac and I would really appreciate it if you passed this episode on to a friend, family member, anybody who you think would get something out of this episode as well. It would seriously take about 10 seconds to copy and paste this show link and send it over to them. You're going to improve their life and you are going to help us out a lot. Podcasts generally grow from word of mouth. So, by sharing this episode just with one person, it will help us reach a bigger audience. And that means we can help more people with their health and fitness journey as well. So, thank you in advance and let's get back to the show. We're going to rip on physios a little bit, but I'm not saying, I'm not attacking any certain people or anything like that. I'm just want to bring aware certain trends and things that are happening within the physio realm that people might not be aware of and that some people actually rely on and relying on a certain habit or person or way of working out, if that disappears, then are you going to continue doing it? So relying on one certain thing is very dangerous for your health and wellness because if that one thing goes away, are you going to stop? Mm. And I want to talk about physios because it's sort of come up in a couple of conversations I've had over the last couple of weeks. I guess this could be what grinds my gears as well.
1: (laughs) That segment that lasted one episode.
0: (laughs) What really grinds my gears is, yes, physios are great at giving good exercises to improve injuries, imbalances, niggles, all that sort of stuff. But a good exercise is useless without nutrition. So... When you, if you have an injury or a niggle or something going on, or you're coming back from a serious accident or something like that, and you go to a physio, what they're trying to do is build up certain muscles, get build strength in certain muscles to combat instabilities or um, movement movement patterns. So if you've got a shoulder injury and your shoulder is made up of hundred not hundreds, but a lot of little muscles, there's little muscles in there that you need to be firing and building strength in to for you to be able to actually move your shoulder properly. So that's what a physio's job is. But the issue is a great, a great exercise to improve those muscles is not going to do anything unless you've got the nutrition behind it so those muscles can actually build strength and be healthy.
1: And not only the nutrition, but I think also what phys- physios and i guess dietitians that work in like the traditional sense like the clinical sense lack is offering accountability because mm-hmm. that like also leads to you losing your consistency if there's no accountability then who's going to keep you consistent with doing the exercises eating trying to eat better foods and all of that stuff yeah
0: i guess you're right like if you go to a physio and they give you all the information you need it's like, all right, I'll see you in a month. It, it, a month passes, you're probably not going to do the exercises and you're probably not going to eat the food they've given you yeah. or told you to eat to improve because your muscle strength.
1: there's nobody there keeping you accountable. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um, and I just thought that was like, and that's another great like, sort of side tangent. Like, You n- almost need to go to a physio and a nutritionist just to get what you need to improve that injury.
1: Yes, because let's just clarify why. Because if you are working on an injury, whether it's muscular, ligament, whatever it is, your body needs adequate fuel and more importantly, adequate protein to help you recover and Mm -hmm. to help you build the muscles to prevent you from getting the injury again or to help you to bounce back from the injury. And like people just overlook... The importance of that like you can do all the exercises in the world but if you aren't eating enough food your body is going to really struggle to help you recover from an injury
0: yeah especially a broken bone or something like that that is very a very serious injury your body has to have a lot of fuel energy to send the repair signals and to actually repair but then it also needs all the nutrients all the macronutrients micronutrients to actually repair that bone as well yeah so it's not and that's what i'm sort of saying like it's not just go to the physio they give you a couple of exercises and you'll be fixed it's a whole big thing your body is a, a unit together like yeah even we can talk about stress sleep all that sort of stuff comes into it as well but it, it's just being overall healthy is going to help you get better results from a physio
1: we we have a physio friend and years ago i remember him saying to us we don't get taught a single thing about nutrition. Mm. And I remember us talking about this exact topic, like how much energy your body requires to recover from something. And he said, we just don't get taught. Like there's so much to learn about body mechanics and everything alone. Like imagine how long the degree would be if you added that. Mm. And then like Jack and I, before the podcast, were talking about how if you were a physio and you wanted to add the nutrition aspect to it, you have to almost pay double at university and do like a double degree in dietetics and physio to get that. Yeah. It's not a part of the course.
0: And it's, that would be so hard to do because how is the human mind meant to remember all this? <laughs> like just remember, physios do a great job at just remembering. Okay, so if you squat and there's an instability or your knee shakes or your knees cave in, there is a muscle somewhere that is lacking that is causing your knees to cave in when you squat. And physios do a great job at identifying what muscle it is and what needs to be strengthened, and they can do it. But you add in, all right, so that's done. Now let's go over nutrition. And the, as we've just spoke about in the last topic, nutrition's different for everybody. So you can't yeah. just go eat these foods yeah, because they're going to be, I oh, don't like those, 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 those. At least me with one food.
1: And also, if someone is going to a physio, I think a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time, it's likely they don't exercise regularly anyway. So then the physio, physio gives them all of these exercises to go and do by themselves, and it's very overwhelming. Mm. And then also adding something like worrying about their nutrition, hydration, sleep, and then just sending them off, thats it's highly likely they're just going to drop everything.
0: Yeah and that's exactly what we just said about consistency in the last topic like don't overwhelm yourself what's the simplest thing you can be doing to get results and um i don't have the answer for physios or anything like that but it's just yeah i've just we've just had a couple of people in the last couple of weeks just i'm injured i'm going to the physio and that's all i'm doing to get fixed yeah and that's not how you should be looking at it you should be looking at Again, sleep, hydration, and nutrition, and then go into the physio.
1: And I think that a physio should be like a, like a, like a supplemental thing to a program, mm. to like a gym program and stuff, right? Because if you're going to the physio, they're just giving you exercises to fix your shoulder, and like we bang on all the time about how important resistance training is, but. It should be, the physio exercises should be something that you add to your resistance training or training program.
0: This brings up another topic of AI and physio. So I, if you are starting, if you're starting uni now, you, you're four, four to six years off actually being qualified mm-hmm. in physiotherapy, I would be very worried because AI is going to take over physiotherapy quite a lot.
1: Why? what do you mean? You can just put in what your injury is and it'll give you a program?
0: Uh, yes and no. So this is my prediction. So the software's already out there that can look at how you move. So oh. you can get an app on your phone, set your phone up, and then do a squat in front of this app, and it can track all the points in your body and see how you're moving and break it down. Wow. So that already exists. All that, all that All that app needs is... So imagine you did, say, five different exercises in front of this app every single week. It's going to be over 12 months. You've done 52 times. That, that app is going to know how you move exactly. Mm. And if you've got an injury, in, so if you've been squatting in front of this app for the last couple of weeks and you've got an injury and you go and squat in front of it, it can go, well, okay, that squat's not exactly the same as what it has been for the last couple of weeks. Do it a couple more times, and then it's going to be able to pinpoint what muscle is lacking, and then give you exercises to strengthen up that uh, that muscle. Wow! So that's just that's not quite there yet, but it is very close. And within the next five years, that technology is going to be there, and I don't see the point of physios after that. Mm. Like, not saying like again, this is an attack against any certain person. It's just the physiotherapy world. Like it's it, it's very risky at the moment
1: and yeah yeah well there's a lot of industries like that that are very risky and I think all that all that they need to add to I guess prolong their lifespan is some sort of accountability coaching human aspect to it yeah like anyone listening could probably think well Mac and Jack if AI can do that then AI can take your jobs it literally can like AI can already write a program, AI can already write a diet, give Mm. a person calories, but that's not the hard, like we've said this whole episode, that's not the hardest part about this whole fitness journey, the hardest part is being consistent, which requires some form of accountability, Mm. and if AI is the accountability, which I'm sure it can be as well, it's super easy just to ghost the AI, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, people could ghost us as well, but it's less likely because we're humans and we have a human connection with our clients and they are our friends, you know what I mean? Mm. And I think that that is, like if you're a an OG listener, you'll know that we went from one-on-one coaching to trying to sell programs only and using an app and then back to one-on-one coaching because what humans need is human connection that comes with accountability.
0: Yep. Yep. And that's like, there's a lot of good physios out there. It's just the bad ones that just you know a, like a human chop shop where somebody comes in yep do these exercises next yep do these exercises next those sort of people are going yeah. to get forced out and they're not going to have jobs anymore the good physios that actually create accountability and, and understanding relationship
1: with their client
0: they're going to be killing it yeah they like they will in the end they'll be able to charge more than what they're charging now and, and people go oh, physios are already super expensive but because they can get results they're going to be able to charge whatever they want.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So just, again, just something to keep an eye on, especially if you are a physio. I'm not sure if there's too many listening to this. (laughs) Um, But those people going to see physios, just bear in mind that they're not going to be there forever. So don't rely on physios themselves for your health and wellness and injury prevention. Mm -hmm. All right, so I had one listener question this week.
1: Really? One, only one. Have you got any? I didn't even... I haven't been on socials this week, really.
0: All right. It's your birthday, so we'll let you off. Thanks. So the question was, do saunas burn fat?
1: Wow. Mm. That's a weird question.
0: Yeah. Well, one of our clients is uh, at their gym. They've just put infrared saunas in. Oh, cool. And uh, I'm going to incorporate saunas into her program because saunas can be considered cardio and it is considered a stress on your body. This Mm. is what a lot of people don't realize. They're like, oh... I'll go on the sauna, I'll relax, and it can actually be a stress on your body. And I say it can be because everybody's different, everybody absorbs stress different, everybody adapts to stress different. But it is, don't get me wrong, it is a stress on your body. So you have to be careful. You can't just be doing all this work and then add in this extra stress and then expect better results. Um, Because it, um, what was I going to say? It, Saunas can increase your cardiovascular capacity because mm-hmm. it can be considered c- cardio work to a certain extent. Your body sort of treats it as cardio. Like I said in previous episodes, your heart is just pumping. It doesn't actually realize whether it's doing burpees, on a bike, rower, jumping jacks. Cardio is cardio. Cardio is cardio. So there's no the best car- form of cardio. Your heart just is just pumping. You're just going to get better at whatever you do the most of. Yeah. So the question comes back to does um, do sauna's burn fat? And the answer is yes and no. Because of what I just said. So it's going to be different for everybody. As long as you're not adding it in and completely stressing out your body, it is going to aid in fat body fat reduction. It doesn't this necess- and again the burn fat phase is
1: So what kind of cardio... is it is that- would I suppose it depends where the person is on their fitness journey, but is it considered zone two cardio or?
0: It depends on how hot the sauna is. Okay. Yeah. So again, the hotter the sauna is, the hotter you can stand, the more intense that sauna session, cardio session is going to be. Yeah. And this is why you've got to add it in slowly and work up to it like any other cardio. If you jump into the hottest possible sauna straight away, and yes, there's some people out there that could stand that, and understand, like, their body would adapt, adapt to it quite easily, but a lot of people wouldn't.
1: So mm. you, you're going to have
0: a very bad experience with that sauna session and um, you're not going to do it again or it's going to fuck you up pretty bad. Yeah. So um, saunas are a great tool and there's other there's so many more health benefits other than fat burning.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that.
0: Then, like, it's they're worth adding in 100%. Um, so yes and no um to burning fat but saunas are just a great tool to have in your pocket for longevity yeah um i can carry on about that that's probably just a whole nother topic but do saunas burn fat i wouldn't rely on saunas again you wouldn't rely on one single thing to burn fat and this client definitely isn't it was just a topic coming up like in general conversation just thought it was good to talk about
1: yeah interesting
0: um all right we'll leave it there we'll get got to get on to on with the day
1: open some presents open some presents
0: (laughs) um again thank you all for listening make sure you like subscribe five star rating wherever you'll listen to this podcast and head over to instagram and give mac a happy birthday
1: yay all
0: right see you all in the next episode bye